We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, sitting here, it is in six minutes, Andrew Claudio, who's, who's watching from behind the behind the veil. Uh, six minutes, I can say the Knicks play basketball today because I'm recording this intro. Oh, five minutes. I'm recording this intro at 11.55 p.m. on... Uh, what's today? Tuesday, uh, as the Lakers and, and Warriors just went to halftime. Um, got a really fun episode here for you. This is an this has become an annual tradition, and we could absolutely say that at this point because this is the third time we've done this. So, two. I don't know if you could say your second time doing something is an annual tradition. Three times it's an annual tradition. Uh, we joined up with the Locked On Knicks guys, uh, Alex and Gavin, and we once again did three bold predictions each. And these were Andrew, I'd say all so what four times three. I'd say all 12 predictions were pretty bold, right? More or less the, the trade deadline stuff is the fascinating one Um, because it was like, they go into more X's and O's. So their stuff was projecting like where the Knicks will rank in certain places, like offensive and defensive rating. And uh, we, in our, 
in all of our beauty were like, they will trade for X. And <laughs> yes, and we that's, named that's X. That's what I enjoyed the most. Yes, X was named. Indeed. X was named. Uh, different X's for me and Jeremy. Anyway, so uh, the way this works is the first six of the 12 predictions are going to be on this episode. And then if you want to hear the last six, um, you can go over to the Locked On Knicks uh, feed and check out. Um, I think they're going to break it into two episodes. Uh, anyway, we had a lot of fun with this. I uh, hope you enjoy. Don't think I have anything that I need to say other than the fact that, uh, oh, yeah, Quentin Grimes is not playing against the Memphis Grizzlies. So that stinks. Uh, looks like Obi Toppin will play. Um, so that's good. Uh, Andrew Claudia, one more before I let you go. Um, what will be the difference in the number of minutes that you play on opening night versus Cam Reddish? Oh, uh, seven. I think you he think- does. I think he does play tonight. The fact that Grimes is out, I think it will be like a disaster in the first half, and then he'll go to a nine-man rotation in the second half. Um, I think you and Cam will, pl- unless it's a blowout in one okay. direction or the other. I think you and Cam will play the same number. Should we? Double or nothing on our Cam Reddish bet then? Oh shit, that's right. Ooh, yeah, actually, I you don't said he'd get traded. Yeah, you never the, curse in the intro. You're right. Uh, <laughs> I don't usually do that. Um, I said he would get traded before opening night, right? Yes. And if he did, I gave you ten bucks. If he didn't, you gave me a dollar. So what's okay, the? So lo- first of all, there are still there are. You're still right. You're right. Seven hours and thirty uh, three minutes to go before. That can happen. Uh, yeah, sure. We'll do double or nothing. So I say seven you hours. It isn't tip off seven thirty in the morning. Oh yeah, that was that's a bad job. Buddy. Nineteen hours. Nineteen hours. <laughs> Nineteen hours. <and> 30. <laughs> I was about to say, whoa, okay, it's, it's late. I we have to replan everything. That would have. be. You know what? I I officially right now advocate. I am proposing for basketball to make opening day. Like have the two opening games like tonight, like Boston, Philly, Lakers, Warriors, and then the day after, have it be a national holiday esque thing where you got it's like Christmas Day basically. Make it like Christmas Day. This is so. Do you remember when college used to do this? I'm not sure if they still do, but they had like an all day tip off event for the beginning of college. I don't remember that. Basketball. I remember, yeah, I remember baseball. You so obviously do it. I was the I was my school was once the they played. Uh, I believe they played Illinois. For one of the daily tip wow. tip off games, <laughs> how'd and, that work out for you? <laughs> well, we lost, we got killed, but it was like there's a game in the like in the basketball arena at 9 a.m. It's an excused absence, so guess yeah. what? Every student was there on campus. Um, but it was part of an all day tip off that ESPN was doing. So I'm not sure if they still do that. So you want that to be what the NBA does? It would be great. The only problem is there's no. Um, there's no holiday around this time in October. So, well, no, they, yeah. that's what I think. They would make that the holiday. They would just make it a whole, all like starts at Friday night at 7 p.m. Then there's a game at 10. Then there's a game at one. Then there's a game at four. And you just keep going until isn't, like Sunday night. Isn't there a holiday in the beginning of November? Sure, there is like a, whether it's Veterans Day or, yeah, Veterans Day is in November. Uh, that's on a Friday, though. That actually yeah. works out because then just have it lead into the weekend, Veterans Day weekend. This is the longest I've ever thought about this hypothetical idea. This is way longer than I thought that we would. Sorry. I didn't mean no, to. it's fine. I just 
I just realized how far down this rabbit hole we got. But it, to really put a cap on this, I really, I do. I think I credit to Bill Simmons. I think he was the first one I can remember proposing something of this nature, which is like, just start the NBA season later and have it go through, I guess the end of June or the, maybe the middle, even like the middle of July. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're, you basically ensure like you, you lessen the overlap with football um, by that much, which, you know, I don't know if the N- NBA really cares about that at this point, different, whatever. Um, yeah. I'd be, I, here's the point. I would like an all day tip off of that. That's it. I am sorry that you will never get that. Although you might get a tournament, which might be fun. The middle I'll of take the season. tournament. Yeah, we'll see if they what that looks like when it eventually happens. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right, enough uh, filibustering. Uh, enjoy this episode with the guys from Locked On Knicks. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, uh, a star, the starriest studded lineup of podcast hosts that talk about the local basketball team in the city of New York. There's only one. We only acknowledge one on the show. Uh, I will first welcome back my my co-host and better podcasting half. He has been away for a bit, but he is making his triumphant return. I think because th- I think he won our uh, our preseason picks week uh, thing. Uh, Jeremy Cohen. Hello, Jeremy. How are you? Hey, John. Yeah, it's been a while for you, too. I know we were both on alternating yeah. vacation schedules. Um, you went to the happiest place on earth. I went to not the happiest place on earth, but you know, it's great. New Mexico nights and Texas suns. It's perfect. But yeah, doing all right. Thanks. Glad to be here. And uh, season starts. Well, what will be today? It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Because when people are listening to this, it's going to be Wednesday. Um, and well, as I have the Sixers uh, Celtics game on in the background. Um, also joining me, joining us, the esteemed hosts of a very popular next podcast who um, do yeoman's work five episodes a week, baby never fails. Uh, Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw. Uh, Alex, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, I don't have a ton to do tonight at all. I don't have lots of podcasts to produce and articles to edit and everything else, man. I'm, I'm excited for the first game of the season because that means that I've hit the end of the uh, the preseason marathon and then can just get into the, the flow of things. So I'm very excited for that. I'm I have I have trepidatious excitement for the first next game. Like I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to real basketball to be here. But like once that it's like uh, talk, speaking about the happiest place on earth, me coming from Disney, once the roller coaster ride starts, that's it. You're not mm-hmm. you're not getting off. Doesn't matter how much you panic. Strap um, in, baby. Strap in for all eighty two. There we go. Uh, Gavin, how are you, sir? Doing good. I, I was going to say we we should get to borrow Claudio sometimes five a week. It's 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 a lot. We're we're, we're talking. We're editing out here. We we we, we could use him uh, if everyone wants to swing by. Um. I keep. I like to think we keep him pretty busy over uh-huh. here. Um, although he doesn't have a baseball team to watch anymore, so that's. <laughs> so Gavin, how much, you, 
well, I wasn't even that cool. Let, let's uh, let's talk offer sheet. Since, yeah, uh, you know, uh, we offer we offer internship credits. So uh, uh, <laughs> audio okay. suddenly just yeah. became available after that. Yeah, what comment. do you know? Well, my we schedule have, uh, just suddenly opened up. He was Give us up. forty he was... hours, and we'll match that offer sheet, and we'll retain him. Uh, okay, I'm a restricted <laughs> Sorry. free agent. Is what are you going to wait till Got the it. long, the last possible moment? Do that that move, or you kind of hold up our cap John, for the whole well, time? That's for John and I to decide. We could either do the, the Phoenix Suns approach and do it like nine minutes in, or um, we could do exactly what Alex saying, wait till the midnight hour. I don't know. There's something kind of fun about like them thinking they've got their hopes up that they've got Andrew. And then <laughs> we match right at eleven fifty-eight, or you know, oh, figuratively boy. speaking. I'm thinking like, yeah, I want to try Claudio. I want to try to pull off some I, who was who was running who uh who was the Nick executive that was like apparently hiding in a hotel room trying to avoid getting the Houston Rockets offer sheet to Jeremy Lin. Wasn't there some kind of like they Isn't that a uh Grunwald? It might right? have been Grunwald. Have. Who, yeah. No, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna like hide so you oh. so I can't accept the offer sheet. All I know are we DeAndre Jordan, Andrew, and just lock him in. <laughs> His home. However, you guys want to work this out. All I know is I just hired Scott Boris, so I'll let you guys handle <laughs> oh, wow. that that end of the deal. However, never mind. Know. I'm done. I'm not. <laughs> um, your market. You're Michael Conforto now. It's fine. <laughs> By the way, guys, do you want to know what your predictions were last year when we did this crossover? No. It's not going to be good for me. Yeah I, I, love, yeah, I love this sort of stuff because we're all stupid, man. I'm okay hey, with saying I, I remember I had someone, I had one that was decently acceptable. I don't know about the rest. Jeremy, of you'll be fine. I'm telling oh, you know. right now, you'll be fine. Um, Gavin, I love you. Um, you might want to buckle up. For I was in one. a bad headspace when we did it. it wasn't good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I also say, uh, Alex, I, I love you. You also might want to buckle up. John also... Te- technically on the money with one of them. Oh, wow. Locked on Nick's crush. This is propaganda. <laughs> I, listen, I'm just reading, reading the predictions. It's called bold year. predictions, isn't it? <laughs> bold. bold. That's yeah. right. Not not mildly bold and somewhat safe predictions. <laughs> so we'll start with Locked on Nick. So Alex, your first one was that the Knicks will have representation in every All-Star Weekend event. Now, Obi did win the dunk contest, so that's not... Not completely wrong. Not only they have you probably should have been won. in a three point contest, right? Like, uh, Brady then, the hedging, but by <laughs> then, what? Well, so the the worst part about this prediction is you said Julius would make an all star team, possibly also Kemba. <sighs> yeah, that's At where the time we were. It was easy bold. to it believe. Was bold. All right, <laughs> listen. There's more on Kemba coming. Um, Wait, did he, oh, did he did he miss it last year? I totally. Did he I miss the all? I don't know. Yeah, I forgot. Was he I on the team that. after the All Star game? Um, uh, <laughs> missed literally everything. The All Star game, and then the rest of the season. Um, and then Alex also had Kemba will average a career high in assists. It was six point five. Uh, he did not reach that last season. I didn't look it up. I just know he did not reach six point five assists last season. Um, and then, uh, keeping with the theme. Uh, YouTube been podcasting for a long time together, apparently, because your bold prediction last year, your third one, was that Mitch will get defensive player of the year votes and end up on the second team all defense. Oh, was that, wow. that was my prediction. That was your yeah. prediction last year. Uh, I was, I was <laughs> really scared. I was like, that's not good. <laughs> Look at us. Locked say, in, locked same, in, <laughs> literally locked in. Same brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's say we let's say we're locked on Nick. So, Gavin, oh your first one, yeah. 
is that the Knicks will finish with the top seven offense per 100 possessions. <laughs> and that five players will average. The way they'll do it is that five players average 15 points a game. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I blocked that last year. That, that, yeah. <laughs> that was that was wrong. <laughs> that was wrong. So RJ did. Um, Randall did. Did anybody else average 15 points a game? I, for, I forget. Or were you I actually wondered per 36? Did the Knicks have five guys do it? Regardless, it didn't happen. Um, the other thing you did, which actually uh, the, the logic and the reasoning was sound, is that the Knicks will finish top three and three pointers made. And you were like, they had all these guys that had average 40, uh, 40% or yeah. more from three point land. You add Evan Fournier to the mix, that number is only going to go up. You would have um, well, just Randall and RJ's three point shooting falling off a cliff is unfortunately part of the equation that, and also point guard Burks. Um, leading to higher usage as a result. Uh, then the last one, IQ will double his assists per 36 minutes. Let me actually look this up because I'm not sure. I don't think that was. one aged that badly. I'm not sure if he got there, but I think he maybe came. So or... Emmanuel quickly, his rookie season. Oh, you were close. His rookie season averaged 3.7 assists per 36. He averaged 5.5. So he did go up. Yeah. Fifty percent. That's halfway there. That's not, a win. I'll count that as a win relative to the other ones. There you I go. mean, relative to the other ones, the this top yes. seven <laughs> offense from from this team was unfortunate. Um, let's go to Jeremy, who uh, the Knicks will be a top five. Knicks will be top five in assisted turnover ratio, which will lead to a top twelve offense. Um, well, neither of those happened. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Marcus Aurelius, uh, the. Oh, so I'll go to your third one because the, the second one kind of scared me when I saw how accurate it was. Uh, actually, the both of these are actually, Jeremy, you nailed this. So the third one, Grimes will enter the rotation at some point and will play. His play will keep him there. Good job. Jeremy yeah. nailed Very it. well done. I feel like I also said it was going to be before the All-Star or like you before said the it at, so it'll, it will be because of injury and then it will stay there. He will stay there. COVID Whether it was counted, yeah. COVID does count. Yes. And Derek Rose's surgery. Uh, and then <laughs> the Knicks, you didn't, you did get the player wrong who they traded for. You said Terrence Ross, but you said the Knicks big deadline move. Well, they will be trading Kevin Knox in some capacity. That would, I mean, listen, I'll, I'll take the easy W, but we all could have seen that one come. Can I predict they're going to trade Cam Reddish on, on this episode? Yeah, there you go. exactly. Right. <laughs> well, John, um, Kemba will average a career low in minutes per game. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Knicks will extend Mitch at some point, which they did. Although, no, they didn't. I, they they, didn't. they, they no, signed no, him. They so you got did. that. You were so wrong, John. Why are you he entered on restricted free agency. You yes. idiot. Yeah. Big, <laughs> that is saying they'd have a top seven offense. Yeah, you big <laughs> dummy. Um, and then, so let me go pull it up again because you had an OB take, which. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That was the like per 36. Oh, the per 36. That was, that, was a, that was a really good one. Yeah. It was a good one, but you would have needed a different head coach. Um, so OB will average per 36. 18 points per game, nine rebounds per game, three assists per game, one steal per game. And then you went, and the big one is two blocks per game. Um, Ovi last season. Per I'm looking it up right now because I, I, I don't want you to pull any chicanery. Okay. It's 19 <laughs> points per game. Uh, so I got that one, right? You got that one. Everything else is under. Um, 7.8 rebounds per game. Sir. What did I say? Nine. It's pretty close. 
uh, 2.3 assists per game. So that's close. It's You said three. Uh, less than a steal, so 0. 0.7, but you said one. So it's closer to one than it is to zero. I missed on the blocks big time. Blocks, just you averaged one. You said two. So, yeah. Well, I all mean, right. listen, I mean, when he, he gets all these minutes at the five this year, then he'll be able to get it. His, that's been <laughs> his my big per- argument the last couple of weeks on the pod is that OV needs to get like they can I, do Julius and OB because OB looks better at defending the rim during the preseason. And so looked. our big argument, John is convinced it's going to happen. I'm convinced it's not ever. You, you can argue pretty easily that Obi had the best. Actually, I don't even think it's close. He had the best per 36 numbers of anybody on the team when you factor in efficiency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. Those well, are your, I'll, those are your I'll, predictions last I'll year. Take a, I'll take a mini victory lap on that. <laughs> Obi was better than the year before, which is how you opened the predictions that. You were much high. You're very high on Obi, and you're predicting all of these things. You also, the company that he was in to for those predictions was like only Anthony Davis yes. and these yep. other players were these other all stars were in that. So, so there you go. Okay, Sounds and that like can be the end. Next has to step it up. I'm just gonna pretend that that we're, we're not gonna happen. include that part. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will be including that part. Oh, yes. <laughs> so not so cool. this. <laughs> So this is our preseason predictions column. Uh, I believe this is the, the the column. My goodness. Talk about where my head is at. I still need to edit some stuff before I go to bed. Uh, preseason predictions pod. I believe this is the third annual, right, mm-hmm. Alex? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I remember about this episode in years past is I, I think I once made a prediction that Dennis Smith Jr. was going to blow up and have an awesome season. That he, he, did, he did half of that. <laughs> didn't get all the way there unfortunately as it, yeah. as it turns out it was actually more likely that he literally would blow up than blow up on a basketball court hey you yes. know what? I, I mean at this rate he might be charlotte's starting point guard this year so there's there's some upside. could you imagine if he's if he's the if he's the starting point guard in game four at the garden that would be last oh man boy. standing that would be that would be something um okay so we're going to uh, do the first half of this show here on this feed, and then you're going to go over and head to Locked On Knicks to hear the second half of this. Um, we each have three predictions, so you're going to hear six on this episode and then uh, six on the Locked On episode. Uh, I think me and Jeremy are, are going to go first, right? Mm-hmm. Jeremy, do you... Uh, age Before Beauty, I don't know. Do you want to go first? or? Well, Age Before Beauty would mean you go first. Because I'm older? Yeah, and I'm more beautiful. And less beautiful. Wow. I, I don't like how this is turning out. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to, I have one kind of boring one and, and two kind of more exciting ones. I'm going to save the, the one that's the most exciting for, for locked on. Um, so I'll pick between the, okay. I'll start off with the thing that I think is going to be a bit of a hot take. Um, I predict this season that the starters will at least play even with the bench and to refer specifically to what I'm talking about. So it's not like some amorphous concept. I'm going to refer to last season's on off differential uh, as per cleaning the glass um, to say that these numbers were not close is, uh, is, is p- putting it too lightly. So some of the bench guys, Emmanuel quickly was a plus 12.2 uh, differential Obi top and plus 9.9 Derek Rose plus 8.9. Um, on and on we go. Meanwhile, starters, Kemba Walker was a minus 12.5. Uh, Julius Randle, minus 9.4. Uh, 
RJ Barrett minus 7.1. It was not close. Um, if you go dig into any of the lineup data, it, it makes it very clear. The starters were poo poo and the bench was very, very good. I think it's going to be at least even. Um, I, I, this is a, this is essentially my Jalen Brunson prediction in that I think Jalen Brunson's impact mostly on the offense, but I, I think the upgrade from him over, over Kemba in particular um, is, is going to be pretty stark. And I think just even more than that, and I wrote about this a little bit on, um, on Tuesday, uh, the team just had such terrible like vibes last year. They, they were probably bottom five in the league in vibes. And it feels like that's going to be different this year. Now, obviously everything feels great in preseason, but there, there does seem to be a good, a good, something going on with the team. I think they're going to continue to like try hard throughout the season. I don't think we're going to get a repeat of whatever happened with Julius last year. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to equalize. So that's, that's my first prediction. I, I'll open the floor to anybody to agree or disagree. I mean, so you, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it'll be too hard to be first off better than last year, considering they had the, for like the first half of the season, they had the lineup the five-man lineup that had the most minutes in the NBA and also the worst point differential regardless of filters of any five-man unit in the NBA. There was like bench lineups that played like five minutes together that had better net ratings than I, the Knicks did last I year. I looked it up today. The final offensive rating and defensive rating numbers for the, the Kemba starting five, the offensive rating would have ranked last in the NBA and the defensive rating would have ranked last. Yeah. In the NBA. They were like minus 16 or something. Yes. They, they were indeed minus 16. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the hot take is that they'll, they'll even out, but I actually, Based off the preseason, I think the bench is going to need a little bit of time to sort of coalesce, which has a lot to do with Hartenstein. That factors in here as well. So I find this to be bold just based off the precedent set by last year. But I think you have a really good chance of coming out smelling like roses on this one because I think that I think that everything's kind of lining up where Brunson has obviously been a super seamless fit into the starters. The bench because of Hartenstein learning to play without like a more traditional rim protector in that and that, you know, backup lineup, which the Knicks have, I mean, depending on what you want to call Taj, like he did a really good job walling off the paint. Yeah. I think, you know, regardless of if he was a quote rim protector, um, you know, he was a, he was a rim deterrer, uh, which is just as good if you use your body right and everything. Uh, so like, Hardstein definitely is more foul happy and that's going to create some issues. Sims is probably still a little too green to come in. If Hardenstein does get in foul troubles, I think that's the big difference. It's going to kind of even things out is like the presence of Mitch in the starting lineup and question mark, you know, at center. Yeah. In the, the backup, you know, with Hardenstein there, but then, you know, if things aren't going well, then maybe Sims, whatever. And then the Brunson factor in the starting line. I mean, you replace, the corpse of Kemba Walker and not a point guard, Alec Burks with like anybody that's an, a league average point guard. And that's an upgrade, but Brunson I think is pretty well beyond a league average at this point. I would say he's quite comfortably above average. So, and and I, I think he's at the very least, I think he's a league average starting point guard. I, I was also struck um, by, and I don't know if we paid as much attention to this in the moment last year, obviously there were a lot of blown leads, but the, the, 
second and fourth quarter numbers for the starters in particular, when you compare it with the second and fourth quarter numbers for the starters, the prior year, the, you know, the, the we here, big 15 year, absolute night and day, the, that team wore opponents down. And by the end of halves and the end of games, teams just like it, the numbers say that the, te- the teams they were playing just gave up. Whereas last year it was teams were just like, we know the Knicks will wilt it. We just have to wait it out until they do. And I think I hope slash think this year's team will be closer to the prior year's version um, than, than last year's uh, Jeremy Gavin, any, any other thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. I don't want to go too deep on it because this is, uh, I think Alex has one like this too, but almost directly counter to a prediction I have, uh, which we'll say for the locked on Knicks side of things. But suffice to say, I think the bench is potentially going to be one of the best lineups in the league. And in turn, I think what you're saying is almost as much a Derrick Rose prediction as it is a Jalen Brunson prediction, because we can all flash back to two seasons ago when Derrick Rose guided a lineup that was top five in the NBA in net rating amongst teams that played at least 250 possessions. Um, Rose quickly, uh, OB, Taj, and Burks, yeah, yeah was plus 17.5 um, <laughs> net rating, which is is obviously impossible unless unless we're, we're the Boston Celtics of the second half of last year. Like the starters are not going to come close to replicating that. So I, I think baked in here is obviously that the bench is not going to be nearly that dominant. And I think that that's totally fair given that uh, I, the rest of the East has gotten a lot better. Like some of the benches in the Eastern Conference have gotten a lot better. And, and you're banking on Derrick Rose staying healthy the whole year, staying on the team the whole year and being the same guy. But I, I think even the the small flashes we got from Rose this preseason have me very confident that he can replicate a good portion of that production. And I think in turn, the bench could blow up. So that, that would be the only thing that could sabotage this because I'm I'm with you in that. I think the starters will play pretty much even for most of the year to their competition. But but Jeremy, what do, what do you think about all this? I think you hit the nail right on the head. Took the words right out of my mouth in terms of Derek Rose. I, this is coming from someone who has been adamant about maybe not having Rose on the roster, not because he's not talented, but because of the needs of this team. And I think what I have underestimated is also just not like how good he is, but how important that type of player in that role can be for the rest of the team. And he is a driving force. I, you know, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that there are obviously other reasons for why the Knicks wilted last year, but Rose not being present. And then by the time he was able to come back, the season was gone. So just having him there, I think makes all the difference. I, you know, I don't expect it to be like you guys are saying a great second unit, but I think that I feel like we're, I'm going to look at Hartenstein to Obi. Like I looked at, uh, Kevin O, <laughs> Kevin O'Quinn, Kyle O'Quinn oh, to Doug McDermott, Doug McDermott, a lot of those backdoor cuts and just that's good. Like love that squad, no matter what. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's crazy, but I I agree with the other the, gents, John. The, the boldness of it is, I think mostly it's it's. I don't think it's that bold to say the starters will be pretty good this year. I think it's very bold to say that the bench will not be out of this world awesome and implied in the prediction is that the bench will will take a little bit of a of a step back which I don't feel great about that um but you know we'll see maybe Derek Rose I think he's going to be on the team the whole year um unless things go go horribly wrong maybe he picks his spots maybe he's a little bit more selective as he's you know 34 years old although he is in the best shape of his life according to him or at least the best shape he's been in for some time um so we'll see Oh my god! Oh. 
Ow! Oh! Ouch! Oh no! It's a bloodbath in here! There's gotta be a way to keep my dagger clean and shiny safely than this! This is what I used to deal with when I cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Which is why I now say thank you, Manscaped, for keeping my dagger slick and ready for wherever the night takes me. Manscaped is trusted by over 6 million men worldwide. Join the movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FILMSCHOOL. It's time to end the days where shaving your balls becomes the final scene of a horror movie. The folks at Manscaped have the perfect package for your package to get this done. The below-the-waist grooming leaders have a fourth-generation performance package. Inside, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, liquid formulations, and two free gifts. Spooky season is here and Manscaped is getting you set, starting with the Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Also included is their weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer is here to whack your weeds and any goblins that come your way. Both the lawnmower and the weed whacker are waterproof. So in the comfort of your own home or in wild waters, these tools are your best friends. Speaking of your best friends, don't forget to give your testies besties the love they desire with Manscaped's liquid formulations. First is the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Hey, you put deodorant under your armpits, why not put deodorant on your balls? And can't forget about the Crop Reviver Ball Reviver to give your boys a boost. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Spend spooky season using the best tools for the job at Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code FILMSCHOOL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code FILMSCHOOL. Slay your worst pubes and keep your dagger clean during spooky season at Manscaped. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup. No dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never-ending. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals, and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready, and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar, Yukon mash, and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time non-existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low-calorie options, cold-pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. Jeremy, what is your first prediction? I'm trying to figure out the degrees of boldness that I should get, like if I should ramp it up because... Where, you know, do I start with the with the most bold one? I don't really know. I feel like I got to ease people into it. So uh, I'll start with the one that's a little bold, but I feel like it's the least bold of the three. And that is that I believe the Knicks this year will be a top 15 team when it comes to effective field goal percentage. Whoa! So for context, that's bold. it is bold. Last year, the Knicks were 26th ineffective field goal percentage, which was not good, um, as you can evidently tell by the fact that there are only 30 teams in the league. Um, something I pointed out in the Jalen Brunson um, cap or no cap that we did. The Knicks were 12th in guard efficiency in 2013-14. Since then, their guards were, in terms of efficiency, 27th, 28th, 25th, 23rd, 30th, 29th, 23rd, 25th last season. Uh, last year, they were 50. The guards were 51.4 in terms of efficiency. Brunson himself was 54.9. And his worst season was his second year, which was 50.5, which for context would have been among the better ones that the Knicks have had just on his alone. I don't think he could do it by himself, but I do believe that I'm really encouraged by how we're seeing Randall. And I think that it's encouraging to the point where. I mean, we're all going to talk, we're all going to sing Brunson's praises, but if he can actually lead an efficient offense on his own and drive and kick, and the Knicks are able to just play smart enough basketball on offense where their offensive rating isn't going to be crazy high because, again, it's a Tibbs team. I feel much more confident in the defense than I do in the offense. I believe uh, the offensive rating was like 22nd, 23rd, somewhere in that range the last couple of years. Yep. So I would like to 
believe that the ability to get someone like Brunson and just have competence will lead to the Knicks as a whole being more efficient. So I know 15 might be a little higher up considering it's 11 point 11 team jump, but again, I, I, you know, John, I know you were talking a little bit about it in your newsletter, but the difference to go from Kemba Walker to Jalen Brunson is staggering and Brunson's good, but he's not that good. It's more about how unfortunate Kemba's season was last year. So, and let's, let's also add, well, I sung the praises of Alec Burks up and down and I was one of his last defenders. Him guiding offenses to close games in the fourth quarter was an atrocity against humanity. And again, Alec Burks was not a bad player. That was not his fault. He should not have been put in that position to begin with. We don't have to go down that road again. But I think to your point, we're not getting that again either. Hey, that's rude. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Mitch. Um, No, I'm with you. Like, uh, I... It's funny too. I was as you were rattling off that list, Jeremy. I was like reverse engineering it in my head. And that year that they were 29th, I'm like, ooh, I wonder who the starting point guard was that year. <laughs> it was <laughs> the man himself, Alfred yep. Payton. Um, and I'm actually surprised that Derek Rose pretty much well, and I guess quickly in his rookie year managed to drag their their efficiency up to 23rd in 2021. Uh, considering you still had Alfred Payton on the team starting every game that year. Um yeah, I I agree that this things could definitely get spicier from here. Uh, because I, 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 although that said, I mean, I don't know, top 15. I mean, that is quite a leap. Uh, when I say top 15, I don't necessarily mean like sixth or eighth. Like, yeah, I think it'll be, be a league average range yeah. team from efficiency. But like, if you have like a top 10 defense again, that's probably I, a pretty overwhelmingly positive team, right? I was about to say, I, I was for the newsletter that'll be out on Wednesday, like, this is this is not exactly a revelation, but the by far the biggest predictor of offensive rating is effective field goal percentage. Like you could give me all your free throw rates and offensive rebounding rates and turnover rates and all that bullshit. It pales in comparison to effective field goal percentage. If they have a top 15 effective field goal percentage with their strengths on the offensive glass, not being a low turnover team and getting to the line a lot, they're probably going to be like a top. 13 offense, top 12-ish offense, and then if they have a top 10 defense, I mean, are we... I'm afraid to to ask you what your prediction is for like what seed they're going to be. Here's the thing, though. I think they can do all of those things and because the man who's coaching is coaching, I think they could still lose a lot of games. I I think you're nuts. Well, I know that, but how many games did we see where the Knicks had a really great chance at a victory last year and then poor coaching decisions were made and it kind of slipped away. Like you can still do well and you find some way to mess up. It doesn't also just have to be him, right? Like you can find other ways to blow games that aren't just coaching that can still impact these other stats as well. So I I would, I would politely say that the Knicks inability to put the round ball in the round hole was a bigger issue with why they stunk last season than anything the coach did. But that's, that's a me thing. Sure. But well, we don't have to go back. Did the coach We've keep done that playing the time. players that couldn't yeah. put the round ball in the round hole? I like the reinforcements. Did he, did he have a point guard, quote unquote, that could get into the paint, but then only finished on like 30% of his attempts in there? I think, I think, when you, out and, yeah. I think when you consider the fact that the next two highest usage players by far and the two guys who accounted for between two point field goals and three point field goals and everything accounted for, I don't know, over a quarter of their total shot attempts. And I think 
well over that. Um, yeah, but don't you think that six Knicks are going to hit 100 threes? Yeah, I think the Knicks are going to hit a lot of threes, but right. I think it's going to their their success in specifically in the in the category you're talking about the effective field goal percentage. I think Brunson's going to be good. I think the bench is going to be fine for the most part. I think Fournier is going to be fine. You know, the, the centers obviously um, are very efficient. It's going to come down to RJ and Julius. Sure. And I guess that's RJ and Julius stunk last year in that specific respect. They couldn't hit shots. And if they can hit shots again, I think top Devil is going to look like a genius. Um, if they can't hit shots, Tom Thibodeau might not have a job anymore. I think, I don't think Tom Thibodeau is going to be the reason that a Knicks team that is suddenly magically efficient on offense is going to like be unable to win games. That's not what I'm saying. You know, I think it is what you said. No, it's actually. not. I'm saying it's a factor. I'm saying we know it's, from last year that there were moments where it was very evident that the Knicks should maybe change up their rotations or limit terms of minutes of how certain players who are not performing well and, and making them feel like there was a responsibility there. Then there just wasn't and letting go of the rope a- again. It's like, Obviously, coaching is a significant factor. It's always going to be a factor, but I don't want to, I don't want the impression to be like, hey, you know, like the Knicks do well, it's it's Tibbs putting them in the place and to succeed. And if they don't do well, well, that's on the player. Like, that's, there's got to be more of a middle ground there. That's fine, but well, Julius was the least efficient shooter on the team. RJ Barrett was the second least efficient shooter on the team. And the third least efficient shooter on the team amongst the guys who actually took a commensurate round of shots was Emmanuel Quickly. Everybody wanted to take more shots. So I I, I don't, I, again, I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I think that's just that guys aren't making enough shots thing. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens again, this year. I'm not, you're right. I'm not saying it's purely a coaching thing. I'm saying it's a part of it. But I want to toss it to Gavin because I know he has. Yes, Gavin. You guys are covering it. But uh, <laughs> I'll throw in real quick. I, I think it's entirely contingent on Julius Randle and whether or not he can make threes specifically. Um, I just I don't really see a world if defenses aren't respecting that shot that the Knicks efficiency inside the arc is going to be good enough for them to get there. And I think Bronson's going to have a drop off from what he had in Dallas, even if his skill levels improved. I, I think RJ's improvements are only going to be marginal if the paint is, is as clogged as it ever was. Um, and, and that was for all the good Julius did um, this preseason again, super small sample size, but he still he shot 20% from three. So that, I, I, I just think that has to go up both in terms of like the raw numbers of efficiency and just the cascading effect it has across the board. But out, outside of that, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it because I think the bench has a chance to be hyper efficient and, and, and buoy that a little bit. And you combine that with Brunson, there, there's a chance they get there. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Uh, who's up next? Alex, you want to go? Yeah, go for it. Sure. Why not? All right. Uh, I'm also going to go with the one that I don't, when I was writing it, I was like, is this even spicy? I, I don't know. I mean, it's some, it's, uh, it's kind of bold, I guess it's, it's predicting an award. It's predicting, predicting a Nick winning an award before the season's even started. So That's I guess incredibly that is incredibly bold. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that uh, my bold prediction and I really, I, I'd say this, we have, I don't know if you guys have a betting sponsor. We have a betting sponsor. I won't say it on here because they're not paying you. I don't think, but or if they are, maybe I don't know. Whatever. It's but, manscaped. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> we have we have a betting sponsor, and I've been bringing this up like nonstop this week. That uh, Brunson for most improved player is like a plus sixteen hundred or something right now, and I'm like, that feels like a nice bet to me. I mean who else could potentially get that award this year and who else is going to have the uptick in 
opportunity that Brunson is going to have, who's going to have the uptick in responsibility and, you know, sort of having the the governor taken off like he's going to this year. Like Tyrese Maxey, I know is a very popular candidate. I think he's the favorite right now to win the award, but he's playing on a team with two. Well, one for sure. MVP candidate, one former MVP perennial MVP candidate. I'm sorry. Like, how is he going to find latitude to get that much better on the same team playing the same role that basically they just buoyed up their role players a little bit, but like that team's going to function functionally the same, you know, that they did last year. So I don't think he's going to get it. I think I saw like, uh, Cade, I think Cade is ahead of him or something, or Cade might be ahead of RJ Barrett. I'm like second Cade and Anthony Edwards, I think are both pretty high. Yeah. And it's like second second year players never get it. So and former number one overall picks have only the only one former number one overall pick uh, has ever won it. And it was like about uh, three and a half decades ago. Uh, yeah, I think it was Purvis Ellison. But also, uh, yeah. also Edwards just had such a good year last year, too, though, that like how much higher is he going to go? You know, that it's going to be like, oh, my God, you had so much improvement that you're the most improved player. I think Brunson will get that same boost that Randall got the year that he won it, which is going to be when the Knicks are playing like, cause Randall was getting that buzz before they even went on that, that final run that just sort of yep. solidified it. But Randall was already getting that buzz just from them playing like 500 ball. Like if you play on the Knicks and you're playing 500 ball, you're going to be, and you're like one of the like top guys on that team. Someone is going to be in some award conversation. Like we saw that happen with Amari, the first half of that, that first year before they got mellow, people were like, Oh my God, the Knicks are like, two games above 500. That's amazing. They, he should be MVP. Like he probably would have gotten a couple MVP votes that year. Like un, unironically, unsarcastically. And then Carmelo, the year that they win, you know, the 50 plus games is second or third in MVP voting that third year. Third MVP voting that year. Third in MVP. Uh, J.R. Smith wins sixth man of the year. So like people take notice when the Knicks are good and they typically win awards because you want to put the, you know, the blue good job ribbon on the yeah. guy from the biggest market and, you know, reach the most people with that award or whatever. So I think if the Knicks play at the level, like we were all talking pre-show about like how many wins we think they're going to get. Like if they're, I don't know if they improve by like even like five wins this year and are at like 43 or 42, I think, I think that's enough. And if Brunson is like the catalyst of that by being a competent point guard and, you know, Maybe he ups his averages from what was he sixteen and five last year? Was that what he ended on? I think if he gets uh, up to that sounds right. Um, yeah. His, I, I think the biggest thing that he's going to be hurt by is if people look at his numbers without Doncic and perhaps his per thirty six numbers, although he played a decent amount of minutes last year, maybe and they're not that different. I think this would be an award that would have a much better chance of happening if he. A clearly established himself as the Knicks' best player, and B the Knicks got—I don't know—I don't want to put a win total on it, but like very clearly outpaced expectations. The only other thing I'll note is seven of the last ten winners of this award were first-time All Stars in the season in which they won it, and the the guy and then Dragic wasn't an All Star the year he won it, but he did make the All NBA team um, that year, so it was like that was a little weird quirk so but so it's like it, you're essentially predicting he's gonna make the all-star team i think which i think if he if the knicks are playing well by all-star time and he's got 
I don't know, averages of like, let's say like 19 and seven yeah. or something like that. Like that's good enough to be an all-star, you know, especially Not if, nuts. yeah. I mean, if, if, if RJ and Julius are averaging around 20, you know, so it's like the, the margins are pretty thin between them. I feel like Brunson would be the guy that would get the nod yeah. as the all-star and then eventually be the, the uh, most improved. And he'll, I mean, the impact stats, I think will look phenomenal for him too. Okay. So that'll definitely help his case. Yeah. I, I think the raw numbers are just going to have to be in a place where I'm not sure they'll get to like maybe somewhere around 24 points per game, which isn't crazy in in a different context on a different team. I just think there's going to be so much balance that he's not quite going to get there because it's I'm to uh, Macri's point. I I just don't, I, I don't think the Knicks as a team will stand out as like, all right, this is a team that deserves awards, right? They, they won 50 games out of nowhere. We got to, attribute that to someone somewhere and it has to be written down. It has to be definable. Um, he's going to have to have such a big season stat wise that I don't know if he'll, he'll quite get there. The, the interesting, maybe like other variable other than points is if like, if his assists got really high out of nowhere, he averaged like eight, nine assists per game. And, and to be fair to Jalen, like he hasn't really had a chance to do that in his career yep. playing with Luca. And he might show that he's, he's a far better passer than anyone thought this year. So that, that, that could be the, the flip side of it. But I, I think he could get close. I, I'd be surprised if he won it, but that's, that's why it's a bold prediction. <laughs> that is why it's a bold prediction. Yeah. Jeremy, you got Jalen for most improved. I wish, but no, I do not. <laughs> the reason is I think that Jalen Brunson had his coming out party in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think that he is kind of at a level now where he's no longer like there's an underratedness to his game because he's not on a larger stage. But I think that there will be this idea in his mind where look, he's like 26 years old. It doesn't often go to players who are on their second contracts. Um, He's someone who I think is viewed as good, but even being in New York, I don't think there's kind of the, the glitz and glamour, like Randall was so good that he had to win that award. Yep. And I don't know if Brunson will get to that level. Um, I also think that media narrative plays a huge part in this. It's why I think, well, with LaMelo injured, although he made the all-star team. So I'm right. I mean, yeah. I think those, yeah. So he's out. I think, I, know, I think someone like Tyrese Halliburton, I got, I got where, Halliburton. <laughs> where it's just like, He's beloved. Whether you see him as a star or not, I think he's going to be a really good player. I don't necessarily see him as like that star level, um, but I think that just how he is perceived by so many and the fact that he will get the benefit of the doubt. Like there's some players who are in his position who don't get the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm sure Colin Sexton on Utah, like even if he does well, it's going to be perceived in a way that was similar to where he was with, with Cleveland, which was like when he played, yeah, he played really well, but Cleveland wasn't a good team. And if he does the same thing with Utah, then like, yeah, he's a good guy. We just haven't seen him in an environment that works. Whereas with Tyrese Halliburton, for whatever reason, even though he did well in Sacramento when they weren't doing well, if he does well in Indiana, I feel like it's going to suddenly be like, look at what Tyrese Halliburton is doing. It's like, it's impressive. And look at what he's working with when he's got on paper right now, Like it's not a good team, but it's like, it's better than Utah. So I just think that because (laughs) I think, I think it is better than, better than than Utah, the, uh, 2022 to 23, uh, NBA story. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so yeah, you know, I just, I think someone like him, who's a younger player, it just is beloved by NBA media 
kind of can be like the darling of what's going on. Big award for third year players historically. Yeah. And when I look at the list of third year guys, the other players like, is it Patrick Williams? Because he'll have more responsibility. I could see it, but he's coming back from injury. So he's missed out a lot of time, whereas Halberton hasn't. So I would love to see Brunson win it. I think he'll be in the conversation, but ultimately because he's not a quote unquote younger player, I just don't think he's going to be really a winner or in the top three. Mm. I dig it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.